Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. All right, film geeks, today's class is all about dumb money, the modern day David and Goliath story. Let's talk about it. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of All Right, Let's Talk About It. My name is Savannah. I am your host. I do film reviews and film industry commentary. Huh. Y'all, September, it's done. It's the 29th of September. Tomorrow's the 30th, which means Monday. Not Monday, Sunday is October 1st. (sighs) Spooky season is upon us. I'm so excited. Well, you know, we've been well into spooky season, but this is when it's acceptable to be ridiculous, okay? Once October hits. And oh my gosh, I can't wait. I can't wait. What are y'all's Halloween plans? Let me know. What do you do for Halloween? If you have children, do you go trick-or-treating? If you're single, do you go to a party? Do you just hang out at home, watch scary movies? Me, every year, and I've done this every year since 2020, I actually just go to Bourbon Street and people watch. I take the streetcar down and just walk up and down Bourbon Street. Sometimes I'll just walk through the French Quarter. Um, All what's happening on Halloween is going to be on Bourbon Street. So the rest of the quarter is fairly empty. And I kind of like it when it's a little empty. It's spooky, you know, ominous, especially when it's a cloudy night. So yeah, the things you see on Bourbon Street and then add in Halloween, I can't resist. I can't resist. Sometimes I dress up. Uh, 2020, I just, you know, wore nice little face paint with red contacts. Bless my heart. I couldn't see. I didn't have regular contacts at that point. I just had um, glasses and the color contacts I got did weren't prescription. So I would wear uh, my glasses over the contacts and then I would, you know, want to take a selfie. So I take my glasses. I was so ridiculous and just I was having such a good time. 2021, I dressed up a little bit, but not too much. I just, you know, painted my face a little bit, put on my hat and then went out. Last year, I didn't dress up at all. I just put on a hoodie and just went down to people watch. But this year, I might dress up a little bit. Just, you know, wear a cute outfit, something fun. But I I look forward to seeing what crazy things people will do on Bourbon Street for Halloween. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So tell me what it is that you do for Halloween. But anywho, We are talking about dumb money today. So for the remainder of the month, we have, what, two days left? 
Um, we're talking three more movies. Now, you'll get two of those movies today, um, Dumb Money and The Creator. And then I'm seeing The Blind Tonight, um, the movie about Phil Robertson from Duck Dynasty. And you'll probably get that full review on Monday. Now, if you are subscribed to my YouTube channel or my TikTok, if you're not subscribed to my YouTube channel, can you please subscribe to my YouTube channel? Oh my gosh, you'd be helping me out immensely. Um, you'll get the TikTok review. Um, which I normally do. I go to the movies, you know, sit down, watch it, come out to my car and I talk about it. So you'll definitely get that for the blind. But right now we're talking about dumb money. I'm not going to keep you super long. Let's get into it. So this movie, Dumb Money, is about the GameStop short squeeze from just a couple of years ago where GameStop stock, say that three times fast, um, was doing super duper well. And it was very quick. The shares rose, I think. Look it. I don't understand anything about stock market. I don't get it. I don't understand. It's lost on me. Lost on me. You could sit here and explain it to me. I'm going to be lost. It just goes right over my head. You know, we all have our things. That's not my thing. And I would love it to be my thing because I would love to invest, but I don't understand. So what I do understand is that the GameStop stock at the time was doing very, very well. And you had a lot of your little people, the little guy who were taking part in this little mini phenomenon at the time, and they were making a whole bunch of money. And then all of a sudden, the big hedge fund companies were just not having it. And people couldn't trade or buy or sell or whatever GameStop stock anymore. And the guy who kind of spearheaded that movement, you know, just a regular mass mutual guy, um, occasional YouTuber who liked to talk about financial stuff and stock, um, was called into question. And it was... Very sad because, again, this is in the middle of the pandemic. A lot of people are out of work. You have a lot of people who are overworked, you know, if you're an essential employee, especially if you're working in healthcare. So many things were uncertain. Um, Wearing masks, getting vaccines, doing all of the things. And people were trying to find a little bit of hope somewhere. So you had a whole bunch of people who were involved in buying this GameStop stock and it gave them a little bit of financial hope. Well, all of a sudden the hedge fund managers who were, you know, suffering because of this decided they wanted everyone else to suffer as well. And that's kind of what this movie is about. It's about the little guy. It's about that David and Goliath. You know, I wouldn't say the, you know, the divide between the haves and the have nots, but it's a divide between those who work the world and those who run it. I think this is a beautiful little encouraging story about community. It's interesting. I think this is a this speaks to an interesting time that was only just a couple of years ago because this was a community that was entirely built online via YouTube and Reddit. So people from across the country who've never met one another, they all have that one thing in common and they were doing this thing together. They were holding the line, not selling, diamond hands. Um just thousands of people partaking in this thing, you know, shoving, you know, shoving it to the big guy, showing him the middle finger. And then the big guy came in, got Congress involved. And all of a sudden there's a problem. Well, a lot of these companies are struggling. The companies that were involved, karma bit them in the butt. Thank God for some of them. I think one of them is just completely gone. And one of them is just mediocre, not where it once was. This is a beautiful little story about you know, the rising of the peasants, so to speak. 
And I don't know. I'm I'm trying to make it make sense because there was something very beautiful and organic about the story. Yeah, it's based on a true story, but it was very interesting the way it was told. Now, this is a movie directed by Craig Gillespie, and it stars Paul Dano, Pete Davidson, Vincent D'Onofrio, America Ferreira, Keith Offerman, Anthony Ramos. Anthony Ramos, I believe, was in the most recent... Um. Yep, he was in the most recent Transformers movie. I liked him a lot better in this movie than in Transformers. In Transformers, I felt like he was very purposeless. He was just a, a prop, a human prop. But in this movie, he had a little more substance, a little more character. I felt he was able to show off a little bit more. He's definitely an interesting talent. Sebastian Stan is in this as well. God, he is so pretty. Can we just talk about that for just a second? He is so fine. Oh my goodness. Anyways, Shailene Woodley, Seth Rogen. Now, Seth Rogen, I am not a fan of him as a comedian, a comic person. He, he's not my forte, so to speak. I'm not big on comedians in general. There are only a couple of guys who are just funny. They're funny for a living and they genuinely make me laugh. Like I look forward to seeing them in movies and I'm like, yep, I know I'm about to, um, I'm, I'm about to have a good time. I'm confident. Uh, Zach Galifianakis is one of those. Like, I know that if I'm going to see him in a movie, it's going to be ridiculously funny. Jack Black, Cat Williams. That's that's basically it for me. Um, Bernie Mac, Once Upon a Time. D.L. Hughley, Once Upon a Time. Um, Cedric the Entertainer. So you're, you're more old school comedians, for me anyway. But Seth Rogen doesn't do it for me as a com- comedian, you know, he doesn't make me laugh. I'm the I'm same with Will Ferrell, but Will Ferrell's not in this. I just figured I'd mention that. But but Seth Rogen as a dramatic actor. Now this is the second time I can remember seeing him in a dramatic role. He was in the Fablemans, Steven Spielberg, last fall, last November, so around Thanksgiving. And now he's in this movie and he's much more dramatic than a comedian. I like him as a dramatic actor. Now, as a comedian, he doesn't do it for me. I'm just like, oh, I'm bored. Move on. But as a dramatic actor, I enjoy him very much. This was also my first time seeing Pete Davidson in any kind of role. No, I don't watch SNL. I don't think I've ever seen an entire SNL episode ever. I don't know. So I know he's been in a couple of other films. I think he was what? Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Was that last summer? I didn't see it. Wasn't interested. So... Yeah, I mean, he's everywhere. His face is everywhere. He was dating Kim Kardashian at one point. And I've always wondered, like, what is it about this dude that, you know, he can bag Kim Kardashian? That's just interesting. He must have a great personality because dude is interesting looking. He reminds, he could be the son. What's that dude's name with the big eyeballs? Can't remember his name, but he was in The Big Lebowski. Now I'm going to be upset that I can't remember his name. Belushi, him. I feel like he could have been like a long lost son. Like that's who he looks like to me. But this being my first time seeing Pete Davidson, he's gifted. He's very talented as an actor. He's funny. Just naturally funny. He He's just naturally funny. It's not forced. He's not trying too hard. It's just, it's effortless from him. And he was a bit of a screw up, screw off. I think he represents in this movie a lot of people who lost their jobs in the pandemic. They were laid off for one reason or another and had to figure out creative ways to make ends meet. So he did DoorDash, terrible DoorDasher, but he did DoorDash. And um, I think a lot of people can relate to just his presence in this movie. That was a lot of people, a lot of people who lost their jobs, who were just 
looking and, you know, they were getting stimulus money and it was great and everything, but there is a sense of purpose purposelessness when you don't have something to do every day. So I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate to his, this character. There were so many different types of people with respect to um, the pandemic and everyday average working people in this movie. You have America Ferreira who plays, I believe, a nurse. So you're essential healthcare worker. It was so interesting because at one point a guy refers to her in the movie as an essential worker. And I haven't heard that phrase in so long, so long. There's so much of this movie that is just terrible nostalgia. And by terrible, I mean, it just doesn't bring up good memories. Just seeing people wearing masks all the time, the rollout of the vaccine, um, you know, empty malls, things like that. It's just a time where it's like, we actually did that. We actually shut down the country. We shut down the world. We slapped masks on our faces. We took a vaccine that was rushed through with the promise that it was one and done. And here we are now. So yeah, bad nostalgia. It just brought up a really bad feeling for me, just bad memories. And it's crazy that it's history at this point. It's so far removed from our brains. It's, it feels like history. Whereas something like 9-11 feels like yesterday. So you have your screw up, sort of, but he's only a screw up because he got laid off from his job, now has to do DoorDash. You have your essential healthcare worker. You have your GameStop employee wearing a mask at work, dealing with a boss who just wants to micromanage him to death, even though he seems to understand his customers, their needs, and the way they play video games better than his manager does. That dude who was also in there, a God, I can't remember his name, but he was in Chronicles. He was in Oppenheimer. Um, he was in that one movie with Cara Delevingne. I can never remember his name, but I love seeing his face. He's so recognizable. He has very distinctive eyes. I'm getting off topic. So you have a lot of different people represented in this movie. A lot of people that anyone and everyone can relate to. You really have this wide representation of the little guy, especially given the time that it was in when everyone was just financially strapped, financially insecure, financially scared. And these people got a little bit of hope. You got even had college students college students in this movie just trying to enjoy college, have a good time, but sitting in class and being told, put your mask on. There, There's somebody for everybody in this movie. And I thought that was beautifully done. An interesting social commentary. That's not exactly a social commentary, but it really does represent the culture. If that makes sense. Paul Dano in this movie, I would honestly say he gives a very competitive performance in this movie when he's giving his testimony to Congress. Um, God, he played that. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Paul Dano's such a weird egg for me because I've been watching him in film for so long, and I feel like he's never aged. He, he's never changed. He's always had that round baby face for as long as I can remember. You know, he's playing a new dad and husband in this movie. Last year, he was in Fableman's. That's so interesting that him, both him and Seth Rogen were both in the Fablemans. And he was, you know, a wimpy kind of dad with two kids and a wife who was, in a sense, cheating on him. And he's so versatile. He has one of those faces. He could be, he can play a 20-year-old. He can play a 40-year-old. And he's only like three years younger than, three years older than me. He's not that much older than me. And we're both Geminis. I thought that was interesting. But he gives such an incredibly incredibly competitive performance. I wouldn't be surprised if Oscar voters were considering him for a nomination. Do I think it's up there with who I think is probably going to get nominated? I don't know. But I think his performance is competitive enough to be considered, if that makes sense. Shailene Woodley, I love her to death. She's adorable. Um, She always has a very quiet, um, smooth way about her when she's acting in a role. Not saying that she's the same way in every single movie, but the way she goes about tackling a character, there's a very um, sensitive and vulnerable way that she does it. And she plays Paul Dano's wife in this, Caroline, and the mother of their child. And she is the kind of wife I would love to be, who is just supportive. She's a rock. She has his back. She believes in him. You know, he's come home from a long day of work. He's frustrated about something, you know, the game stocks, the GameStop stock and some guy telling him he was nuts for doing it. You know, she's been with the baby all day and he's he's clearly upset and a little frustrated. And she tells him, go make a YouTube video, go make a video like that kind of support. That's the kind of wife I want to be who will I want to be a backbone. She's a backbone in this movie. And I think she does it so well in a quiet, vulnerable, feminine kind of way. I love Shailene Woodley. It's It's been interesting watching her grow up, you know, from this side of the screen. So the acting in this movie is great. Where I had issues with this movie was mainly the pacing. The way the movie started off, it was just kind of flat and a little uninteresting. But once we get to the part where the shares really increase and more people are buying in, that's when things really start to pick up and it gets very boom, 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 boom. So I think once you get past, I'd say that first 
maybe not even a quarter of the movie, maybe the first eighth of the movie, that's when this movie becomes excellent. But I think that first eighth is kind of the downfall of the movie. It's just very flat, very boring, not much going on. And I was a little worried, but then it picks up and it's beautifully done, fast paced, a lot of anxiety, a lot of tension. And the it's the villains in here. I love when we know who our protagonists are. We know who our villains are and we get complexity in both of them. So, but at the same time, we know who to clearly root for and who to just absolutely hate. But with this movie, our villains, you know, they're ordinary people in a sense. These are people who have built things. They've built companies. They employ people. They, um, they're just, you know, hardworking Americans, and yet they have done something terrible to the average ordinary American, and that's where the divide comes from. I think for a lot of us, we don't care whether whether someone has a whole lot of money. It's when you take that money and you use it to hurt other people. That's when it becomes an issue. When you take your money and you use it to build influence and you use that influence to hurt people, that's when it becomes a huge issue. And that's what this movie really does focus on is that these Little guys who are doing the right thing, taking care of themselves, you know, boosting this little company and these hedge fund managers, these, this, the CEOs of Robinhood decided to take their influence and hurt them. Made it impossible for them to get to the next level, making it impossible for them to grow financially, to, to build their own, to have their own plot of land, to have their own name, their own crown. This is a beautiful little underdog story, very David and Goliath, very reverse Robin Hood, which is interesting again, because one of the companies is called Robin Hood. But I think the standout for this movie is one, the writing, the writing and the dialogue in this movie. It's very quick, very fast. And I think that's why Pete Davidson does such a good job. Like, I feel like his brain probably runs like a thousand miles a minute and he just... He, he was vibing with it. He was thriving with this script. So it's a beautifully well done script, beautifully edited, expertly edited. The music is interesting. And we're going to talk about that when I address the parents. But the music is fun in this. And I think that adds a bit to the comedic level of it all. But the acting is also the standout in this movie. The cinematography, I feel like, is nothing to really go home about. A lot of this movie is filmed in, well, it takes place in the Boston area, in the Boston suburbs. You know, you also have a Philadelphia being f- featured, um, Texas. This really is the American story in the way this really does stretch across, across the country, something that affected so many people. And I think that's what makes this story in and of itself, whether we're attached to the movie or not, so powerful. Because this is something everyone can relate to, whether you understand the stock market or not. I sure don't. And yet I was able to see myself in this story. All right, moms and dads, parental units, this is the part of the podcast where I address your most burning question. Is this movie appropriate for my child? Now, quick disclaimer, I say this all the time. You know your kid. You know what's appropriate for your child. You know what's appropriate for your family. You know your values. So always keep that in mind when you're researching a movie and finding movie and finding out whether or not it's appropriate or right for your families. That being said, um, the first song in this movie, I'd say about five to ten minutes in, the first song that's played is WAP by Megan the Stallion and Cardi B. WAP. Um, wet blank blank. So wet 
but vagina. I have to watch what I say because of YouTube. And um, yeah, that that's the first song right out the gate. It's not censored. Um, yeah, it's it's not censored. I'm just gonna leave that there. So th- just keep that in mind when you're wa- going in this movie. That's the first thing your little is gonna hear. I don't think your kid is gonna get much out of this movie anyway. If your child is under the age of 14, now the movie itself, I believe, is rated R. Let me double check. Yep, it's rated R for drug use, sexual material, sexual material, and pervasive language. So aside from the music, I mean, yeah, it's the music I think that will probably offend you the most because literally it is the first five to 10 minutes of the movie and it's not censored. At the very end of the movie, you do see the naked backs of Pete Davidson and Paul Dano, but it's kind of a gag. The drug use definitely because there is marijuana in this um, sexual material you do have a girl sticking her hand down another girl's pants so that's that so yeah there's a lot in this movie that is not appropriate for anyone under the age of 14 if your child is between the ages of 14 and 17 use discretion be cautious um this is one of those i don't recommend them seeing without a parent because there's there's a lot in here that they should not be watching or viewing by themselves. Um, but that song at the very beginning would be the most concerning for me if I had children. So hopefully that helps. I mean, the subject matter in general, I think, would go over most kids' head. I mean, it went over my head for the most part. But your, you know, elementary school age kid, your middle schooler, maybe even your high schooler, they may not get much out of this as an adult would, an adult who lived through this time, who lived through the pandemic. Because what we experienced in the pandemic during the pandemic as adults is way different than what kids experienced. You know, we went through the same thing, but we experienced it in different ways. I don't think kids are going to be able to relate to the adult experience because it wasn't theirs. Theirs was a lot different. And if I had to be honest, I think theirs was worse. So I hope that helps. Want to advertise on this podcast? Check the episode description to see how you can be featured on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to me rant and rave about yet another movie. So that was Dumb Money, directed by Craig Gillespie. Just to sum it all up, I thought the pacing was a little off until it wasn't. Once it wasn't, it was great. Beautifully acted, well-written, solid movie beautiful little underdog David and Goliath story that I think a lot of your average ordinary normal people can see themselves in even if they don't understand this dark market because I don't so what's coming up what what do we have to look forward to so right after this review you'll get a review for the creator and then on Monday you're gonna get a review for the blind I'm actually seeing that tonight at seven so if you follow me on Instagram TikTok or here on YouTube uh, you'll get that review that early review and then so, the industry, the WGA strike is over. Now, I talked a little bit about this on my TikTok uh, yesterday, I believe. And I want to definitely do an episode once I get a good grasp on the agreement. There's a lot in it I don't understand. So much of it pertains to television. And I'm not a television girly. As you can see, I talk about film. I like movies. I I understand that portion of the industry. Television is a little bit different in how they do things, especially when it comes to writers, producers, and actors, residuals. I don't understand it all. 
So that was the part of school that I didn't pay the most attention to when it came to choosing classes. I chose more film-oriented classes, less television. That makes sense. So there, I'm still reading over the agreement. There's a lot I don't understand that I'm trying to get a good grasp on so that we can talk about it. But that might be after Monday. Why? Because the SAG after union is meeting with the alliances or the, what is it, AMPTP on Monday the 2nd. I imagine they're probably going to come to some some agreement. I think this um, strike is about to be done. I think it's going to be over. And that'll be exciting. <laughs> that'll be very exciting for people to get back to work. The writers are back to work. If you're a Stranger Things fan, congratulations. They're back to work. Daytime talk shows and night, well, um, your nighttime talk shows, primetime shows are getting back to work. So... Very exciting news. So hopefully the SAG and the AMTP, they can get it together, come to an agreement and get people back to work, get people back to making money. And content creators who kind of had to say no to some offers, who've lost a little bit of money because of this, um, can also get back to work and get things rolling. A lot of people have been affected by it. You'd be, you'd be surprised how many people have been affected by the SAG after strike. Not so much the WGA strike, but definitely the SAG after strike has affected a lot of people. So I know a lot of people are just itching for this thing to move on. Actors are ready to get back to work. Actors have movies coming out. You know, this is Oscar season. So they're they're itching to talk about their work, promote their work, and get people voting on it and whatnot. So yep, the creator right after this, the blind on Monday, you're gonna get a two dollar Tuesday on Tuesday. And then next week I am seeing Exorcist Believers. Looking forward to that one. Now, the week after that, we don't know. We don't know because Taylor Swift. I think, I think, I think, I think I have to make a decision this weekend whether I want to do this or not. But I think I might end up seeing Hunger Games, the the original one. The first one, I should say. I say original like it was so long ago. It was golly, what, maybe 11 years ago? So that they're re um, showing that in theaters that weekend. And I think I might go see that. Really looking forward to that part. So I'll let you know what I think. If I do, I'll end up just doing a full review on The Hunger Games. That'll be fun. I've never done that before. So let me know what you think of Dumb Money if you see it. Be on the lookout for the creator review coming up right after this. Let me know what you're doing for Halloween. I want to hear. I love you guys. You guys are amazing. And I'll see you in a few minutes. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.